Okay, friends, episode number six of the Grace Series. I'm Andy Jenkins. Thanks for joining me here at the Hilltop. Uh, you know, I want to I want to say this. <laughs> number one, I've taken a lot more time than I thought it would talking through this concept of grace. Uh, originally, what I was envisioning was really an eight-episode series of talks uh, about this foundational thing, which happens to be step number one in the four-part framework that we teach on my website. Uh, I thought it would take you know maybe eight lessons, but very quickly I kind of learned okay what I thought would be one lesson turned into two. What I thought would be you know, lesson number two turned into three and four. Last week, what I thought would be episode number three is now five, and as of this one, six. But, you know, I, I think I just decided let's just pause and rest in it and just allow it to take what it takes. Instead of rushing on through, maybe just sink it deeper and apply it rather than moving to the next best thing. And so, first of all, that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, second of all, second thing is, this is part of the larger framework that we teach on the website. So, a couple years ago, I had what appeared to be on my website, kind of in my mind, everything was linked, but it was just tossed up there, generally in the order that I thought of it. Um, now, several of the things that are on the website, they're ideas I've been working with, kicking around for years. Uh, in some cases, you know, a decade or more, uh, kind of the distillation of some thought. And I have some books and some video courses, uh, some podcast episodes, other elements there. And Beth was talking with me and she said, it seems like you're really leading people on this path. So the path is grace, meaning we want people to understand that God is for him, he's not against him. And grace covers so many other things. Uh, grace is uh, redemption, forgiveness, uh, overcoming guilt and shame. Uh, grace is healing physically, healing emotionally. Grace is uh, finding a purpose that you walk into, that you're empowered to do at a supernatural level. All of that is is grace. And for us, that really is the foundational starting point that when you walk into this life of faith, it's grace that jumpstarts it, yet it's also grace that continues it. Paul even says it like this in the book of Galatians. He says, having been brought into this by grace and by the Spirit, are you now trying to complete this and finish this on your own? And the answer would be, oh no, that's not how we do it. I, I mean, so often we try, but the answer is still grace. Grace is the beginning and it is the way, it is the bridge that takes you all the way from here to heaven and fills every gap in between. So that's the first part of the framework. The second part, is freedom. Now, I really was kind of jumping from grace to purpose. Okay, so you got grace, you want to walk in your purpose. Uh, what that means, third part of the framework, is everybody I believe is here by God during this unique time and season to make a mark on the world that matters for eternity. There's something that you're gifted to do that only you do in such a way that no one else can do it. And if you live that purpose, 
then, oh, we get the gift of you and you get the fulfillment of living that thing that you were designed for. And if you don't do it, then we miss the beauty and grandeur that is distilled into you. Um, that really is where grace leads us. You know, grace saves, grace also empowers you into your purpose. However, it is so difficult to walk in your purpose if you have unprocessed pain of the past, if you have unhealed hurts that are still providing the grid whereby you interpret things in the present. And so that's really where that second part of the framework comes in, freedom. And by freedom, uh, in that, we teach freedom from some of the triggers of the past. We teach freedom from guilt and shame. We teach freedom from some of the soul ties or addictions. And sometimes an addiction is a tie to a negative thing. Sometimes it's even a heart attachment to a good thing in the wrong way. And so those will derail you. They will hinder you. They will get you spinning in the mud from living your purpose. And so really the framework, grace, freedom, purpose, and then ultimately empowerment. Grace, freedom, purpose, and empowerment. And there are books, uh, at least one book, for each segment. And there is a course for at least one segment. Uh, I'll, I'll say this too. If you look down in the show notes, I, I just put this. This is new. And you're not sure, where do I begin? Like, I, I want to get started in this journey. Where, where do I start? Uh, there is a link down there that says, hey, not sure where to begin? Start here. And if you'll answer, I think it's 12 questions. There, there, you grade yourself one to five. Just questions that are anonymous, that are strictly you. At the end, it kind of spits out an answer and says, hey, here's our recommendation. Start here. And it'll give you an option of, hey, here's some free stuff you can start with. Uh, generally some podcast episodes. Hey, here's a video to watch. Uh, hey, here's a, uh, generally there's a, a book that we suggest. And most of those books, if you pay the shipping and handling, we'll send you the paperback book in the mail. A lot, a lot of these books, uh, they're not just the book. Like I'm looking at one of these books right here. And this book, it has QR codes all in it. And so uh, when you get to that place in the book, you just kind of scan the QR code with your phone while you're reading it. And it will launch you to a video or it'll launch you to an assessment or it'll launch you to uh, something else that'll take you deeper. So the book really is the jumpstart to more. And so they're, they're not just books. They're, they're kind of these, uh, uh, they're, they're like Swiss Army knives in paper, right? Kind of. And so you take that and it just leads you to the next thing. And so that's the books. And then there are also some courses that we suggest. Uh, I will highlight this to you as well down in the show notes and then I'll get started. There is down below a link to the Identity uh, Digital Bundle. And Identity is really uh, probably the next best step after listening to the previous episode and this episode. If, if you really think, oh yeah, you know what? I want to lock onto that. Um, then t take advantage of the uh, ebook or the audiobook or some of the videos that you can watch right there. It's actually a course. It's a five video course uh, is the most robust offering right there. But but grab hold of that, and uh, we're always happy to answer any questions that you've got about any of that before you take the course, or even in the middle of it or afterwards. Uh, easy peasy to get in touch with me and or uh, Beth. All right, let me say this. Your identity and my identity, that's really what we were talking about in the previous episode in this one, 
is based on what we believe the most important voice in our lives says about us. Your identity is based on what you believe the most important voice in your life says about you. Well, you think about that. I mean, that, that's why it's so devastating when you've got somebody that's close in your family that consistently belittles you and constantly finds, oh my goodness, there'll, there'll be a silver cloud. They'll find the little gray spot, right? Or, or you, you've done a hundred things right. They'll find the one half thing that you got wrong. You know, it's so hard because we sometimes listen to the wrong voice or base our identity on the wrong thing. And the truth is, if you're not secure in your identity, if I'm not secure in who God designed me to be and the destiny that he promises to take me towards. Now, it's not an instant destiny. You know, part of it's the journey of figuring it all out and getting there. If I'm not secure in that, I will and you will seek to shore up, stock up, supply that identity from external accolades, awards, achievements, applause. We will look to find that somewhere else. And so what I did in the previous episode is really said, hey, you know, Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus shows us what God's like. That's what we talked about in episodes three and four of the series. But also, previous episode, Jesus shows us who we're designed to be when we're fully submitted to the Spirit, when we're in sync with our Heavenly Father, when we're surrendered to His plans and purposes for our lives, he shows us who we're created to be. And in this episode, I just want to briefly build upon that. Now, here's where I want to go with it. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it tells us this. If you and me, if we, anyone, actually the word there is anyone, but I want you to read yourself into it. Just maybe drop your name in there. If I, say, say your name, if Andy, your name, is in Christ, he, she, is a new creation. The old has passed away. All things are new. Now, in the previous episode, I talked about that line of Adam and the old identity. It is dead, buried, gone. And Jesus at the resurrection that's why the resurrection is as important as the cross. The cross pays for sin. The resurrection empowers you into this new life. So it's not that Jesus just forgives your sin. He does, and that's a magnificent message. It's also that Jesus now makes it possible for you to live the life you're called to live. So often we just get half of the message. We get the cross forgiveness message. But remember, grace, as we say, grace forgives. Grace also does the other side. Grace empowers you back into the purpose for which God planned for you to walk in before time began. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 talks about both sides of that equation. And so if anyone's in Christ, you're in Christ, the old passed away, the old self is gone. That's a great message. 
But now we want to live that other side. Now we want to walk out, live out all things new. And as we referenced in the previous episode, Romans 8.11, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of you. And so we want to live out that. I really believe the Holy Spirit is looking for people who will just say, all right, yes, and allow him to move through them and express his love, his goodness, his kindness, his grace, his joy, to link back to what we said a couple episodes ago, to the world around us, to comfort the world with the hope with which we've been comforted, to walk in what he's destined us to be. Here's what I'm saying. All things are now new. Everything's new. Anyone is in Christ, all things new. Now, when Paul was writing that verse, the Apostle Paul is the one that wrote that, 2 Corinthians 5.17. He had two options in that language of what he could have used for the word new. Uh, there, there is this word neos. And now, that one, when you spell it out, yeah, I mean, they have a different alphabet, but when you transliterate it, it would be like N-E-O-S, very, very close to new. Neos, um, it means new with respect to time. Uh, the same kind and quality as the original. It would be like this. Uh, right now, I've got this pair of Birkenstocks on, uh, these you know sandals, flip-flops, whatever. I, it's probably like blasphemy to call a Birkenstock a flip-flop. But I've got them on. Uh, this is probably the third pair of this exact model that I've had. You know, they're just kind of the the standard Arizona sandal. Uh, they're like a charcoal gray black. Um, you know, it's just, it's the standard one. Like you just think of Birkenstock, like th- 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 this is it. Like it's the one with the two straps over the top. Third pair I've had. The first one I, I just wore them out and I didn't replace them for about a decade. And then I decided a couple years ago, hey, you think I want some of those as I go into the summer? So I got it. And I wore them, and I ended up wearing them a lot more than I thought I would because if it was days I'm just kind of working around the house, you know, working from my office here at home, I might just have them on. And so I slapped, wore them out, soles gone. I mean, the cork was disintegrating. That's the footbed, for those of you who don't know. And at some point, I thought, you know what? It's time to toss these and get a new pair, a Neos pair. Each subsequent pair of Birkenstocks was Neos. Neos, Neos, Neos. Same kind and quality as the previous. It's just a blank slate. It doesn't have the wear and tear on it. It doesn't have the mileage. It doesn't have the scars. It doesn't have, you know, you're not supposed to wear them and get them wet, but I'd worn them to the beach and got them wet. So that caused some of the, you know, cork to fray and all of that. Like it, it's, it's all brand spanking new out of the box Neos. Now, Paul could have used that word when he says, hey, when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. He could have used what would basically be the equivalent of, hey, a clean slate. All the stuff of the past, we've we've erased those stains. We've got rid of those blemishes, the parts that were just frayed and frazzled and couldn't even repair. It totally replaced the frayed cork. Like, that's all... Yeah, the wear and tear on the bottom of the shoe where it was like, you know, golly, you know, you've, in life you've been around the block so many times. You're like, ah, oh, 
hey, that's new. We've, we've replaced that. We've retreaded you. That would be a good message. However, that's not what Paul said. There's this other word that Paul uses. It is the word kanos. It is also translated as new, uh, but, it, but it means new as to form or quality. It's a different nature. It's superior. It, it's literally like replacing Birkenstocks and say, you know what? I just don't think I'm going to walk around the house anymore. I think I'm just going to get me like a little hoverboard that goes a few feet off the ground and I just stop walking. Uh, when I go to the beach or the pool, I don't want to walk. Like that's so 2020. I'm just going to, you know, and just, you know, just levitate, you know, whatever, six inches, eight inches off the ground and just kind of maneuver around. I'm not getting wear, tear, expend no effort, no energy. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, that's not even a fair analogy. And that, if you're thinking that's not fair, is exactly Paul's point. If anyone is in Christ, he, she is a kanos, not neos, not just a cleaned up, slicked up, retreaded version of the old. It is a qualitative, substantive, substantive, sustainable, elevated next level. I got to think of my word right there. Difference that's not even a fair comparison. The old has passed away. All is kanos, qualitatively different, superior, excellent, Le leveled up, unfair comparison. You, you might think about it like this. Uh, when I was growing up, for one solid summer, I remember being at Vacation Bible School for a week of that summer uh, at First Baptist Church of Katy right outside. It was outside of Houston, Texas. Houston is now uh, just expanded and engulfed everything that was there. But we had this Vacation Bible School. That's kind of like a day camp for people in church where kids go there from like 8 to noon, you know. And I had this shirt it was yellow with green words, and it had a green outline of a butterfly, and it said, new creation. It had that verse, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation, or they are a new creation. The oldest passed away, all things are new. I loved that camp, <laughs> to let you know how dated it was. I remember actually shooting BB guns at that camp, at the church. Like, that would never happen now, right? And... The message of it is metamorphosis. It is change. It is transformation. It is in that butterfly that a caterpillar went into a cocoon. And if you think about what happens, it's not like the caterpillar goes into the cocoon. A friend told me this, that had studied this, and then just all of a sudden takes a lot of time, and then it just kind of sprouts out wings. Literally in the cocoon, the caterpillar becomes goo, disappears, gone, nothing, and yet then emerges something magnificent that can do things that the caterpillar could never do before. And when you look at it, you think, if you see the first, there's no indication. If you didn't know, if you didn't know that this is where caterpillars come from, there's no indication that 
the second that the butterfly ever was a caterpillar or that the caterpillar ever could become a butterfly. It's that radical of a difference. This is what Paul says about your identity. The old is gone. All things are new. You know, and we live in a culture today where people want to disqualify They want to disassociate. They want to separate. And when they do, they don't understand the radical newness that God leads you and me and even them into. I was listening to a podcast not too long ago, and the guy that was teaching it, he goes, yeah, I I remember doing that. That was... uh, three me's ago it, it maybe maybe you could think of that yeah yeah that was I, I did do that i failed in that area oh yep i screwed that up i cheated on that i lied about that oh i swindled that oh yeah you know I, I i truly hurt that person in that way that was an old me maybe old multiple me's ago it's not that we don't still deal with some of the consequences of those and still deal with some of the relational rifts but that was a different me that was a different you and and i don't mean just your opinions changed i don't just mean that your worldview has uh, transformed a little bit I don't mean that experience has taught you some things that are different. Those are all wonderful parts of you know, growing, and we're, we're constantly growing. It's not like you just stop growing when you get to be you know, from elementary to junior high, junior high to high school, high school to college, I mean, and then adulthood. I mean, it's like we are consistently growing and expanding through our entire lives. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a complete transformation of identity that literally the old you gone. In fact, the Bible uses the metaphor that I really believe is more than a metaphor, reality. The old self has died, a new self alive in Christ. Romans 6, 6 and 7. Here's what other authors in the New Testament have said about this. 1 Peter 1.23, Peter says, being born... Almost like something new has happened to you, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. The word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. In in other words, he says that now like you're not taintable. The the new you is that qualitatively different. That's your identity. 2 Peter 1.4, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to, quote, share his divine nature. So often you read stuff that, you know, if you're like me, you see it, you're walking through a store, you're like, oh, that's new age. Oh, that's that's astrology. Oh, that's Oh, that's off the rails. You look in the Bible, you actually read the text of the Bible, you're like, oh, it's actually far more robust than any other perversion or secondary thing that somebody else could make up. It's almost like all those other things are just trying to scratch at the surface of what Christ in you 
truly does. Again, 1 Peter 1.23, being born not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. That's you. You now, 2 Peter 1.4, share his divine nature. Because you remember in the previous episode, we talked about Jesus was the last Adam. He ended what Adam started. And now in him, he arose as the second man. He started a new lineage, a new identity for all of us. And in the same way, we were all touched by Adam's sin. And then we all became sinners. We're all touched by Jesus's obedience and now become and carry the identity of saints. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What is Paul saying? We all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror. When, when you look at the Lord, he says, when you see Jesus, it is, he says, a mirror reflection of the identity that you now have. Oh, you see it? With an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. He says, oh, that's, that's who you are. That's what you're being transformed into. That's the oldest passed away. That's the new. And I, and I get it. It's not, it's not fair to compare Jesus to a human, to us. Any more than it's fair to compare my little hoverboard to a pair of Birkenstocks, but that's the point. Here's what's important. James 1.23 and 24 says, the one who learns kind of what the Bible outlines is the possibility, the potential for us, and then walks away without doing it. And so often, I think we take that verse as a negative, like, oh, you read the rules and you didn't do the rules. No, I think he's saying something bigger about you read the possibilities, you read the potential, you read the purpose for which you were created to carry the supernatural. The one who reads that and then walks away and doesn't do it. James says, that person's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself and then he goes away and he forgets what kind of man he was. In other words, he says, when you, Paul, you see Jesus, it's like a mirror reflection of you, of your destiny, of your design. What you're called to be when you're in sync with the Spirit, when you're surrendered to the will of the Father, when you've made the effort to go, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to just live at peace and ease with people around me and truly just be attuned and listen, even though I'm not gonna get it perfect, I'm gonna listen for what the Spirit is saying in this moment, because you reflect Him. Not only you reflect Him, I mean, that's your identity. It's not just a reflection, like it's, it's, like, it's like looking in a mirror. It's not looking in a mirror, it's like looking in a mirror. Like you look so much like Him that it's like as if you're looking in a mirror, but you're not, like it's still you, but you look like Him. And it's him, but he looks like you, and you look like him. And James says, hey, if you walk away and you don't do the things that you're destined to do, it's like, oh, you saw yourself. You just forgot who you are. What's he saying? You forgot your identity. You forgot who God says you are. 
And remember, your identity is based on what you believe and what I believe. The most important voice in our lives actually declares about us. And that means when Jesus says through the scripture that you're born of incorruptible seed, that you believe that. It means that when he says you share his divine nature, that you believe that's my identity. It means that when he says, hey, the old has passed, all things are new. Yeah, the old, yep, that was multiple me's ago. That is so not me. Now, yes, yes, you see, a couple episodes ago, I said that Jesus is perfect theology. He shows us what God is like. We talked about it in episodes three and four of this series. And in the previous episode, I said Jesus is also not just perfect theology. He is perfect anthropology. He shows us, he shows me, he shows you what we were designed to be. My prayer as I sign off is that the Lord would bless you He'd keep you. He'd be gracious. Shine intense favor upon you. May you see him. And you remember that it is as if you are looking in a mirror. May you trust that identity. May you sincerely believe, oh, yes, mistakes of the past, but that was a different me all things are new incorruptible sharing a divine nature reflecting the image of the one i behold grace and peace i will see you again soon